All right, we've had uh, two great guests already today. Patrick McEnroe, I thought, was terrific, live from Wimbledon. And a very gracious Andrew Giuliani joined us at the top of the hour. He finished second to Lee Zeldin. Peter King has been endorsing Lee Zeldin since day one. Unlike me, he stuck with Lee Zeldin. Peter is uh, a former congressman and, in my opinion, and Bernard, the greatest politician in the history of New York, right there with Rudy Giuliani, and he's a magnificent guest on this show every Wednesday, as well as Cats at Night a couple times a week. Here he is, our dear friend uh, Peter King. Peter, welcome back. How are you, buddy? I actually said I'm doing great. Great to be with you. Hope Bernie is back soon. And uh, no, it was, you're right. It was a big victory for Lee Zeldin last night. I was at his headquarters, which actually was at the National Republican headquarters. He used that as his, his base for the election. Uh, Lee was great. I thought he was very magnanimous from the uh, stage. He uh, said he had spoken to Andrew Giuliani. He congratulated Andrew on running a great race. He also congratulated Rob Astorino. And I think the party is united. And I know before you were concerned that the overall Democratic vote uh, uh, it was larger than the Republican vote in the primary. Much. You know, yeah, but that's to be expected. The Democrats have the big edge. But so what Republicans have to do is have a united Republican vote, then go for the independent voters. That's the swing vote. If they can cut into the uh, or get a significant number of independent voters and peel away some of the hardcore uh, Democrats, get more conservative Democrats, get more moderate Democrats, that, you know, that's that's the key to victory, and it can be done. It really can. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I think Lee has a great chance this year. I think Republican Party throughout uh, New York State is going to do well. And uh, you can't underestimate the power of a red wave, and also the power of a united party. And uh, think of all the Democrats that didn't vote in yesterday's primary, and independent voters can't vote at all in the primary. And that's where Lee has to make his effort, which I think he will. And I think that his uh, campaign, based on law and order, support for the cops, support for middle-income, blue-collar families, it's, it's a winning ticket. And Kathy Hochul has shown nothing so far. So I think, uh, for instance, just take Tom Swazi. He got 12, 13 percent of the vote. But again, they would be more moderate to conservative Democrats. If those 12 percent go over to Lee Zeldin, that, that's a big difference. The independent voters who couldn't vote at all yesterday, if uh, you know, Lee can get 60 percent of them. And I, I don't see why not. I don't know why an independent voter is going to stick with the Democrats this year. If their vote can go either way, it'll go to a Republican. So we have to stay united. We have to work as one and really uh, all out effort. We can have a very good victory on November 8th. Well, listen, I hope you're right. From your mouth to God's ears, Peter, you're much smarter than I am, much smarter. So, again, I hope you're right. By the way, Swazi came in last. Jamani Williams even got more votes than Tom Swazi. And, again, the ominous number I talked about this morning is if you add up all the votes that Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, and Rob Mastorino got, it's still over 100,000 less. That's a lot than Kathy Hochul. But maybe you're right. Maybe the independents step up and all these other folks, and Lee gets the win. We both know he needs the win. That is for sure. Did you hear Andrew on this show? At 8 o'clock, he sounded very gracious in defeat. Yeah, well, he has you know, really made a name for himself uh, in this race. He conducted himself well. He showed he's really you know, ready for the big leagues. And uh, so I think, I think and hope that Andrew Giuliani is going to be around you know, for quite a while. He really showed a dynamism. He, he was articulate. He was knowledgeable. I mean, everything you want in a candidate. And uh, I always kid that he's a better candidate than his father was. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you may be right. Hey, how about talking about his father? Uh, and I know that you're not nearly as down on this guy as I am. And now Bernie, Eric Adams, to come out and say, I want Woody Giuliani investigated, if not arrested and punished, for the claims he made at that supermarket on Sunday. I mean, if you're Eric Adams, don't you have much bigger fish to fry than continue to show your jealousy for Rudy Giuliani? 
you know, not only that, he should be sitting down with Rudy Giuliani to find out what worked, how right. Rudy was able to turn the city around back in 1993, 1994, 1995. I mean, in those days, you had over 2 million illegal guns in the city. The city was collapsing all around, as you said before, you had the uh, Jewish community and the African-American community fighting in the streets. There were riots. Uh, it was, uh, again, it was, you know, the city was dead. People thought there was no hope for New York. It was a dying city. Rudy came in, didn't complain, just got the job done. And that's uh, Eric Adams would be very, very smart to sit down with Rudy, put, it, you know, put aside the personality differences, and also stop to talk about you know, the bad old days, how terrible it was when Giuliani was the mayor. Well, when Rudy Giuliani was the mayor, again, crime, uh, serious crime, murders were reduced by 70, 80 percent. And the, the biggest beneficiaries of that were the people in the inner city communities, the African-American community, the Hispanic community. They were the ones who were the worst victims, the worst victims of crime, of violent crime in the city. So you think of all of the thousands and thousands of African-American lives, of Hispanic lives that Rudy Giuliani saved. That's what Eric Adams would be finding about. Listen, he doesn't have to like the guy. They don't have to like each other. But if, they, if Eric Adams cares about the city, and I hope that he does, he should put, again, put the past behind them, sit in a closed room with the door closed, the door locked, nobody else there, and find out what Rudy did and what Rudy's advice is, because it worked. Last week, I uh, brought this gentleman, Bob Corcinelli, on the show running against Andrew Garbarino. Garbarino, of course, is the man that replaced you when you decided to leave after your Hall of Fame four-decade career. And, uh, you know, you, you can tell that me and Bernie are not huge friends, uh, fans of Andrew, even though we respect your opinion and we love you to death. We're not huge fans. And, you know, he was accused of putting the word insurrection on his website. We'll get to January 6th in a moment. And uh, sure enough, he did. And he was on with me and Bernie. And he said, quote, Peter, Okay, fine, I'll take it down. That is not the answer you're looking for. The answer is why would you put that there in the first place? So even though we came on, which was very nice and somewhat courageous, we don't think he did a very good job when he had the opportunity. I know you heard it. What did you think of Garbarino on this show last week? I thought he did very well. And, you know, you're focusing on this one-word insurrection. The fact is, as Rich Lowry said the other day, Donald Trump's conduct on January 6th is indefensible. Nobody can defend January 6th, and nobody can defend what Donald Trump did. No, 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 no. It depends. Look, again, I was critical. I fought with Bernie for weeks. Uh, His reaction time was slow. But wait a second. They're they're saying he started the riot. They're saying he grabbed the wheel. They're saying he allowed uh, multiple people in that had guns. I mean, yes, he was somewhat responsible for his slow reaction time, but that's not what they're talking about on January 6th. They're talking about a variety of things that are ridiculous. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with Andrew Garbarino. The word insurrection, whether or not he should use that word or not, is really irrelevant. The fact is there have been people charged with seditious conspiracy. Sedition is treason. So the fact is no one's saying Donald Trump himself was part of an insurrection. What we are saying is that he failed terribly in allowing two, three hours to go by. Listen, his own, go back and read what Sean Hannity was saying, what Laura Ingram was saying, what Ivanka Trump was saying. They were begging him to take action. And how a president of the United States could sit there for two and a half to three hours watching people ransacking the Capitol. That, to me, was a disgraceful moment by those people attacking it. And why the president, he still has to answer why he did nothing. Listen, he said, again, as Rich Lowry pointed out the other day, Donald Trump said that was a great moment for America I know. when they attacked the Capitol that way. Yeah. So, no, he was not guilty of an insurrection. He was, no, he was not guilty of any. What he was guilty of was failure to act. And that agree. is, you're the president of the United States. You take an oath to defend the, the Constitution of the United States and defend the country against all enemies. Enemies were attacking the Capitol that day. But 
I was I supported Donald Trump. I thought he was an outstanding president. What he did with MS-13, with ISIS, with NATO, with all of the country, the fact that Russia never attacked. But on January 6th, again, we cannot be defending anything that was done on January 6th that day. And the president, no, he was not. He, there's no way he knew what was going to happen. I don't believe any of that. But once it happens, he didn't step forward. And that's really it. So to focus on one word. And ignore the fact that during the summer of 2020, when there were riots, when every media operation was uh, basically blasting the cops, Andrew Garbarino was visiting the police precincts. He was speaking at Back to Blue rallies. He was endorsed by every police organization on Long Island. That's the guy who was there when he counted. Wow, I, know, I never heard you this fired up. You really love that guy. Huh? Was he like the godfather of your child or something? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Peter. <laughs> Uh, let's take Trump out of the equation. This yeah, lady, sure. Cassidy Hutchinson, is there any doubt in your mind that she lied yesterday? Because there's no doubt in mine. Let me tell you, I did deal with her quite a bit. And for the people to say they didn't know who she was, she was the top person in the White House with Mark uh, Meadows. He was chief of staff. I spoke with her day after day during the, uh, May and June and July of 2020. She was the go-between as far as getting uh, – emergency COVID equipment in, into Nassau County. Wow. Laura Curran would tell me what was needed. I would call Mark Meadows, who would have me speak with uh, Cassidy Hutchinson. So what happened yesterday? Listen, this is the big failing by the Democrats. They put a witness on who was not subject to cross-examination. And I've been in, and you've seen it, whether it's in the courtroom or whether it's in Congress, you have a witness come on, they can sound perfect. But then there's cross-examination comes up and it reveals... You know, what's wrong with the testimony, the contradictions. So I honestly don't know all went on. That's, they're going to have to prove their case. They're going to have to get corroborating witnesses in. But I'm not going to uh, say she's lying. I, again, I, I thought that for my dealings with her, she was very good to deal with. Okay. She always kept a word with me. Okay. But what's happened uh, with her and Mark Meadows and what's going on at the White House, I honestly don't know. And I don't think the Democrats should put her on unless they have corroborating witnesses they can bring you know. You'll bring on to back up what she said. Yeah, see, what you say in a much classier way because you're a politician and you just like that. I'm saying she lied, so that's that. Well, uh, I'm saying in my dealings <laughs> with her, she was always straight and honest. That's yeah, well, but you said the same thing about you always like Kathy Hochul, too, for a while there. How'd that go? No, you, but again, for President Trump to say that she got the iced tea at the White House, no. She was a, <laughs> she was a major player. Right. Mark, Mark Meadows ran the White House, and she and she was the top person in Mark Meadows' office. Did that he, I know. But again, yeah. what went on, why, why she waited this long to testify, why this was held back, I honestly don't know. And that's why the Democrats have failed. Here's where they have failed, in not having fair and honest hearings. Every witness should be cross-examined. Every witness, Republicans should be allowed to bring their own witnesses on. Republicans should have been able to bring in Secret Service agents yep. to say what happened, what didn't happen. Yep. Instead, we're getting this one-sided show. So in many ways, they are taking January 6th and making it worse by the way they're handling this. I could not agree more. Here's another uh, story that you and I both agreed on. I covered it yesterday. It really made me happy. And you sent it out on your social media yesterday, too, Peter. And that is another Supreme Court ruling. And it's not gone well for the left uh, the last couple of weeks. Roe versus Wade disaster, the gun issue here in New York, not exactly what the Democrats wanted to hear. Now you add to that this coach who was unceremoniously fired in the state of Washington for doing nothing. The guy needed at the 50-yard line after the game, for the most part alone, and then for a little bit of time with his players and prayed. That's all he did. And now the Supreme Court says, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Let the guy pray. I thought that was a great win yesterday. So did you. Yeah, I certainly it was a common-sense decision. I wouldn't care what religion the guy was. I don't care if he's an atheist. The fact is, if he's not allowed to express 
its opinion on the field after a game. My God, how it was so worried about people's sensitivities being hurt. They're saying, well, other kids who may didn't, maybe didn't belong to his religion, they would have felt bad. You know, we can't spend the rest of our lives worrying about everybody's feelings. I mean, for God's sakes, this guy, you know, the, the First Amendment is freedom of religion. It's also freedom of speech. We have uh, you know, the Constitution, again, protects freedom of religion, freedom of speech. Both of them are there. That doesn't mean that uh, uh, just that it's not freedom from religion. It's freedom of religion, and which means you're allowed to practice religion any way you want. If you want to kneel down, listen, nobody complained when Colin Kaepernick. I mean, no one on the left complained right. when Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee against the United States, against the police, and that was considered fine. This poor guy kneels down to say a prayer of thanks after a game, and suddenly he's fired from his job. Now, this is, it was insane. Thank God the Supreme Court is bringing some common sense back to what's happening. Yeah, Clarence Thomas actually made the same exact point you just made, which is, what about when they kneel to the national anthem? And that does bring up a uh, the last point here. Uh, Megan Kelly going off on AOC called her a moron on Eric Polling show last night because she's talking about impeaching people like Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. I agree with Megan Kelly. What about you? Oh, absolutely. First of all, they are three great judges. I mean, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh. My daughter actually went to law school with Amy Coney Barrett, a brilliant woman, brilliant person. No, listen, you, it, to me it's even wrong for senators to be implying when they ask a question that they want a judge to say how they're going to vote. That, to me, would be misconduct. That would be wrong. And they did. They did respect the precedent of uh, Roe versus Wade. You can respect it and still overrule it. It doesn't mean you're bound by it forever. I mean, uh, precedents are always being changed. And as uh, Amy Coney Barry said in her testimony, this is not a super president. A super president is one where nobody questions it. Once the decision comes down, it's accepted. For the last 50 years, we've had people questioning uh, Roe versus Wade, changes being made to it, modifications being made to it. And this was the final o- overruling. Whether you agree or disagree, it was certainly very – first, I agree with it. But it was a very rational ruling. It was within the scope of what a judge is supposed to do. And for years, everyone, you know, the liberals, they loved the Supreme Court. When it was Earl Warren who was the chief judge and everything like that, then it was great. Now we have conservative judges, and they want to pack the court. They want to change the court. So they really are, are hypocrites. And again – None of this would be happening if Donald Trump had not been able to appoint the judges he did. Agreed. I got to tell you, you're great every Wednesday with me and Bernie, and you're really great with Katz, too. This today was one of your best performances ever. Thank you, yeah. And I'll be on with Katz tonight. I'm, uh, again, I love doing that show with John. And as Lydia said before, there well, is a guy who's a true, yeah. true patriot. You know, you and I talk a lot about it, but he puts his money on the line, his time on the line. And I don't know how many emails I get at 3 o'clock in the morning from John Caspertini. <laughs> yes. where he, you know, he thinks of something, you know. He, no, he does. You're right. That, 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 that's like he's up so early doing that. I get those, too. But you are great. Seriously, this was a great appearance today. We will talk again in two weeks. We're off next week, but thank you so much for your contribution. We love you, Peter. Great job today. Thank you. You're the best, Sid. Thank you. Thank you. You too. The great Peter King. What a great appearance that was, huh? Man, he came. He's on fire today, Peter King. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.